Welcome to my podcast, Man Made. It is admittedly a provocative title. It's meant to be. It captures my desire to be of service, to be a part of the movement seeking to encourage us all to hold men and boys in high esteem for who they are and for the important and different contribution they make to society. It is sad to me that men aren't always thought well of because we all benefit from their goodness and, big bonus, we all feel weller when we're experiencing gratitude and compassion. My podcast will address some of the negativity that has been and continues to be directed towards men, but it will also appreciate each week the act of a good man. And because I loved going to football matches as a young woman, I always start with, here we go, here we go, here we go. And the title of this podcast is Hats Off to Testosterone, a positive look at the male hormone, part two. In this part two, I talk briefly about what I would say is the tenuous link between testosterone and antisocial behaviour. I'm going to differentiate between aggression and violence, defining aggression as a necessary and positive energy for forging our way in the world compared to violence, which is damaging. So before we look at what the research tells us about the questionable link between testosterone and antisocial behaviour, I just want to clarify, for you and for me, the difference between violence and aggression. Using the Merriam-Webster dictionary, I looked up the definitions of these two phenomena. What I found were two remarkably similar and negative characterisations. Violence was defined as the use of physical force so as to injure, abuse, damage or destroy. I repeat, injure, abuse, damage or destroy. Aggression was defined as forceful action, attacks, hostile, injurious or destructive behaviour. What interests me is that in the dictionary, and also I would argue in psychology, aggression is perceived as a hostile process, overlapping significantly with the definition of violence. So my understanding of aggression is that it is indeed a force, but a force for good. Quite simply, I see it as the energy that powers our penetration of the world, the energy through which we make our unique presence felt, the energy that powers our assertiveness, our curiosity. It fuels our exploration of the world and our appetite for learning and mastery of things. Overall, I see aggression as a means to tackle things, to attain goals for ourselves and to chase our dreams but also to support others to achieve their goals and chase their dreams. Aggression is a means to protect ourselves and those we're responsible for, but it is bounded. It's executed with dignity and respect, and it doesn't harm or belittle another person. If we're not allowed our healthy aggression, it's my belief that we can't show up safely and fully in the world. We can't have an impact in the world. We can't build a meaningful life for ourselves and can't fully manifest our unique contribution in the world. I've heard it said that aggression is the energy with which a flower opens. I love that. In the research I'm presenting here, I've taken the liberty of where the author has written about aggression, replacing that word with either abuse or violence, words which are generally agreed upon to cover a range of antisocial, physical and non-physical harmful behaviours. So, returning now to what seems to me like a very small body of research that links testosterone to violence, 
we'll look briefly at domestic violence. Domestic violence is an abhorrence. The vast majority of us unequivocally agree on that. Our homes should be a place of safety, an environment for restoration, recreation and harmony for all members. I'll be looking at domestic violence in more detail in future podcasts, in particular looking at some studies that take into account female domestic abuse of males and same-sex relationship domestic abuse. But for now, let's look at some research into the link between testosterone and domestic abuse. So, a high percentage of 54 culturally diverse men of low socioeconomic status, all of whom had a main sexual partner, self-reported some level of both verbal and physical abuse towards that partner. In this particular study, the levels of testosterone were found to correlate closely with the levels of both verbal and physical abuse reported by the men. However, the study also found that both alcohol consumption, no surprise there, and demographic characteristics, I'm assuming that's the men's low socioeconomic status, both contributed to the verbal and physical abuse, so not that conclusive. Another experiment found that administering large doses of testosterone did increase aggression, but only for a small proportion of men. Now, researchers tell us that violent crime is largely perpetrated by young men. It's been identified that young men experience peaks in their criminal behaviour and testosterone production at around the same ages. Interestingly, when young men form long-term relationships or marry, compared with single men of the same age, they experience a decline in both testosterone production and criminal offence. It's very good to know that serious crimes of violence occur at remarkably low rates in modern societies. This means that however high their testosterone levels, the vast majority of young men never engage in any criminal violence. Castration experiments demonstrate that testosterone is necessary for violence, but other research has shown that it isn't. The conclusion that I've come to is that the latest research about testosterone and violence indicates that there's only a weak connection between the two. And when it's more narrowly defined as simple physical violence, the connection all but disappears. It could even be that we'll discover in future that testosterone is just a witness to the crime, or even an innocent bystander. Ha! And now it's time for two good guys of the week. Hey, drum roll, please. My thank you today is to the breakdown recovery man who made a very challenging afternoon quite pleasant. I was out with my daughter for moral support, her first time in her first car with the flattest of flat tyres. We were both feeling very stressed. We'd nipped out in my daughter's lunch hour and I had a project with a deadline to finish. Neither of us could afford an afternoon away from our desks. However, with the arrival of the breakdown recovery man, our moods completely lifted. He looked at the flat tyre and explained really competently that it could be one of three things. He coached my daughter in a really calm and friendly way how to drive up the ramp. We made a lot of silly, nervous jokes, which he generously laughed at. And he made plenty of jokes of his own. This helpful process was repeated as we dismounted from the recovery truck. 
The young man at the tyre place was also friendly and super confident, jacking up the car with a flourish, taking off the wheel nuts with flair, speedily inspecting the tyre and reporting a loose valve which was fixed in five minutes and cost five pounds. We drove off very happily, waving goodbye to the breakdown recovery man and the tyre fitter man, so grateful for them, their expertise, their good humour and kindness. Applause, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, those men. Until next week, practice gratitude and compassion towards everyone and take care of everyone, including our men and boy folk.